0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the B2B Founders Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Trainer. On today's episode, I'm joined by John Vong, who is the founder and CEO of Local SEO Search. They're a Toronto-based agency that is predominantly focused on helping small businesses be found online. I wanted John on the show to discuss his journey because it's really, really hard for a non-technical B2B business to grow beyond a million dollars. That, oh, by the way, is also focused on the SMB space. You will hear how John's sales and marketing background helped grow revenues early on, but it wasn't until he made the investment in onboarding and customer success that the business really took off. One of my all-time favorite sayings came from this episode. John had advice for his customers and prospects, which was, and I quote, don't be sold. This is such good advice. And by the way, more and more customers are pushing you back against brands that deploy the hardcore selling. We also talk about his business model, cash flow, not taking outside money, and much more. You will hear a few common themes where most B2B founders get stuck, but John also shares a couple of unique perspectives. I really think you're going to enjoy this episode. And as a reminder, if you listen to this podcast and enjoy it, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for listening. And now on to the intro. Welcome back.
1: You're listening to B2B Founders, a podcast dedicated to helping founders that are selling to other businesses navigate their startups to their first million dollars in revenue and join the 5% Club. Led by your host, Brett Trainer.
0: Hey, good morning, John. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Brett. I'm excited. And uh, hopefully some of your audience members will learn a little bit more about SEO.
0: I think they will. And more importantly, your journey, how you were able to kind of break through and and scale your business. So nice segue. So why don't we kind of start with your business today, what you guys do, who you work with, where you're located. And uh, we'll start from there.
1: Perfect. So the company that I started, which was in open in 2013, so seven years ago, I started an agency called Local SEO Search. The reason I started was prior to starting this business, I worked for a fairly large company called Yellow Pages in sales and marketing. So I was there frontline doing sales and dealing with a lot of small, medium-sized business owners, understanding their challenges and advertising really in the medium itself from print and transforming everything to digital and during that time i uh, noticed a lot of people that were frustrated with the amount they were spending getting a very low return on investment and um, just wanted another avenue to generate more leads qualified customers generating better roi so that's where i segue to starting this company And um, since then, really just building upon that, generating great relationships, understanding the value that I'm bringing to the table, and really just being a better business owner in general. But all this started because I I spotted an opportunity. I I knew that there was a great foundation of what Yellow Pages did very well, which was really relationship-focused. On delivering a, a product that actually worked, but really having really, really strong salespeople harvesting that relationship, but just didn't have a really good product at that time with the digital landscape that was presenting itself
0: Yeah, and small businesses, if I recall, were not overly sophisticated back in 2013, 2012 you know starting to understand the value of digital, but you know I was I worked for a, a digital agency, we sold Facebook ads and Google ads to you know, small businesses and yeah, it was a challenge. There's a big trust issue with, you know, the, the the company. So I definitely want to dig into that. So today are you still predominantly working with the small businesses and offering, you know, SEO support? What are you what are you guys doing today?
1: Yeah. So for us, 75% of our clients are usually the small, medium-sized, family-owned businesses in a local community, such as the local dentists plumbers, physio, chiro, service-based companies, right? But we also deal with 25% of clients that are B2B focused, that need more national, international exposure, generating way more leads from just digital platforms. But I do primarily focus just on search engine optimization. We're a full-service agency, and we have a lot of different aspects that we cover from content creation to graphic design to dev website development, uh, technical support, as well as uh, link building. So just strategies along the line of building authority and expertise for businesses, transforming their maybe bricks and mortar storefront to more of a digital presence and making them become way more visible online. Okay,
0: awesome. I love the cause, right? It's helping those small businesses, I do believe, and I think we're seeing it You know, as we record this in the middle of you know, the COVID pandemic you know with digital and i do think believe the you know these small businesses are going to be the backbone and even more important you know in the future so so kudos to you for for working with this group and what i'd like to do is take you back right so back at the yellow pages you had this idea you knew certain things weren't working you know what did you do to get started was it a, did you start as a side hustle or did you say hey i'm going all in with this business what was
1: what what did that look like yeah, so it was interesting because um, while I was there, and even previous to Yellow Pages, I did dabble in the affiliate world, okay. um, so online marketing. And I, I did a lot of performance online ads, right, from email marketing to co-reg, contextual, banner ads, CPM, CPA, you name it. I kind of dabbled into that uh, space. But what i found interesting about yellow pages was the relationship i actually physically met with business owners got to really know them and their cause and what they really genuinely cared about which was really impacting their community having a really good strong community focus helping others right making an impact in their local community and helping others really like if you look at more b2b kind of focused or even performance online marketing in the affiliate world. It was really dealing with the CTO, CEOs, COOs, and really what is the same interest level in, it's really like top line metrics, right? Like generating more revenue, more profits for the shareholders, et cetera. But for a small business owner, they have different values like family, community, taking, and, and very much like donating time and, Efforts to really help others, right? And that's what I found very attractive in helping these small, medium-sized business owners. Um, So back to why I started SEO. So with SEO, um, while I was there at Yellow Pages, there was also an offer to sell search engine optimization and Google AdWords there. Um, So as you know, Google AdWords is a paid section of Google search, and you pay per click, right? And that's right. where Google makes it billions of dollars every month, quarter, etc. And I was selling a lot of that because I was a believer in digital. Me being one of the younger sales reps there, I was a very strong proponent of, you know, doing everything online. It's quicker, it's easier. And traditional media, like printed format, was not what my generation was consuming at that time. So I had to hop on to that digital platforms and with Google, even on the Google AdWords aspect of it, a lot of the clients that I was selling was not getting a good return on their investment. So even though they were buying into Google ads, they were not renewing like they used to renew in yellow pages printed ads. And so, therefore, I was like, Google was where everyone was searching, but they weren't clicking on ads. So, where were they clicking? Right. So, right. that's where I uncovered the organic natural section, which was more the maps and below. And really, I, I had to figure out well, I had to figure out how to get people there. Right. Um, so, that's where I discovered this whole industry of search engine optimization, where it's like more natural, it's more authentic. And Google is really looking for experts in their domain or authoritative figures. And how do you help business owners get there, right? So positioning them and really just helping real business owners that have been running a really good business over the last 10, 20, 30 years, transforming it to more digital and letting people understand their journey, right?
0: Right. And
1: and running it like as optimal as they were running it in the bricks and mortars landscape to more uh, digital platforms
0: interesting and so was that when you made the leap um that you saw the opportunity you saw the relationship it was all appealing was it just you when you started the company and say hey i can i can do this or
1: yeah. yeah what was what was that moment like yeah so i again i i did a lot of side hustles when i first started but i was committed so when i wanted to start this agency i quit all my side hustles i was going in 14, 16 hours a day, learning, making mistakes. My background has always been sales and marketing. So the first client, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't even have a laptop at that time. I had a, smart, <laughs> I had a smartphone with data, and I went into a pet store, pet grooming store, and I basically said, look, here on the map is where I can get you, right? Within a couple months, right? And this is where how many traffic reports, how many people are actually visiting. Right now, you're nowhere to be found, right? So once I acquired that customer and got six months up front, that's when I started, okay, now I have customers willing to pay me for this idea and concept. Now I have to figure out how to get that <laughs> for them. So I worked backwards because my backbone was always sales and marketing. So I went yeah. out and I sold, sold, sold. And then I had to figure out how to do it. Um, So I I joined a lot of forums and communities, bought a lot of software, started hiring more people, learning, learning, reading blogs, videos, you name it, to understand what it really takes and means. And I I didn't have a lot of background in terms of digital at all, in terms of like the back end coding, right? Therefore, I started hiring freelancers at the beginning, doing dabbling into the Upwork world, freelancer world, and really just seeing what's out there right and slowly just growing that growing the business understanding making a lot of mistakes but eventually i got to a point where i had a decent team right and i had then formed more of a process in place like intake of new clients this is what will you know monthly quotas monthly processes is what needs to be done but i always thought when i started a business i needed a monthly retainer So my model has always been a 12-month contract to to have a recurring revenue base, and it allowed me to have a stable staff, client base as well as staff, that I can harvest and generate to grow this company.
0: Yeah, the predictable revenue is so important, especially, you know, I do, there's so much I want to unpack from what you just said out of that process, because you made it sound like it was so simple. Yeah, trial and error, we made it here. But I know that there was more hard work, right, and development to get it to that point. So I know you hustled and you had the sale to get the first couple of clients. But at some point, you had to get to a point where you couldn't service and sell at the same time. So maybe kind of talk about what your thought process was as you got to that breaking point of, you know, if I want to grow this business beyond, you know, who do I hire? You you'd mentioned, you know, some technical and, you know, was it tr- really trial and error as the revenue was starting to come in to figure out how you had, or did you have a, a plan as you were starting to grow?
1: I think for me, I, I never have a plan. Um, <laughs> as a business owner, it's like, for me, I've always been in sales and marketing and, I I love that throw of selling, right? Getting that customer on board, picking up that check and getting a commission, right? Um, So for me, I didn't have a hard time selling to clients. It's more at the back end. How do I now retain them and say that I was, you know, tell people I'm going to do something and actually do it properly, right? And perform like at that level. So figuring that whole piece out And most people are the opposite. They're not strong in sales, so they have to hire salespeople. I was the opposite coming in and starting this business where I knew revenue was the growth factor of every business. And if you can generate revenue, you should have a sustainable business, right? Right. Um, So for me, getting revenue to a point where I didn't want to continually do the sales, but also I didn't want to do the back end either, right? So hiring people to do what their skill set was meant for, and they're passionate doing it, was very important to me in terms of scaling the business. Because end of the day, you know, where I I see myself today versus even three years ago, or five years ago, so I've been doing this for seven years. It's different journeys, right? Like you're in a different space all the time. Um, and you always want to up your game, right? You want to amplify your message. You want to grow as a personal individual, but also as a business standpoint.
0: Yeah, no, it makes, it makes sense. And your journey is a little bit different than others. You know, a lot of founders that I talked to, they, their number one regret, or there's two, two regrets and regrets might be strong. Two things they wish they would have done earlier is one to start to market the business sooner because they relied very heavily on their network and to your point on hustling and, and closing business. But if they would have put that engine in place sooner, they could have scaled quicker. And the second, what it sounds like you did a decent job was getting yourself out of all aspects of the day to day, right? It's, it's hard. I, I can imagine as a founder that is your step trying to step back, you're right. Nobody's going to be you. And you know, what was that journey like for you? One, that if you, you just talk about from the marketing standpoint, you put your background and then two, as you started to have to let go, you know, did you count on those people to put processes in place to help develop it or did you build process ahead of time?
1: Yeah, so it's it was a very interesting time because, you know, on a personal level, I, I've never really started a company right and I was doing this as a solopreneur right Um, and then for me I knew what I wanted to do which was do the best I can of course and provide the best service you know quality take care of my clients the most and hopefully build something upon that so my my dream was really to do well but I didn't know how to do that right Right. Uh, and really that's why the trial and error was more about like getting clients on board that really genuinely see that I actually cared and wanted to help as much as I wanted. And yes, I made mistakes, right? And they see that, but they stuck around, right? Because I was authentic and very transparent that way versus hiding things from them. I was very letting them know, like, this is my journey. And yes, there's going to be hiccups, but we're going to refine the process and get better. And we're going to get together, do this together, and we're all going to succeed together, right? So they understood that. Um, And while I was doing that, I, I found like I was spending a lot of time learning and building processes, building a team, building different, you know, departments, understanding how to take care of people. And it's different because you think as an employee, they're all the same as you, right? Right. Your thought process is, why can't they do what I just did? Well, they're not meant to, if they, everyone was like you, they would all be business owners, right? Exactly. But you have to take a step back and say, they're employees, they're the ones needing a more stable income, and they'll just do what they're told. They're not going to take that extra initiative. There's some people that will, and those are the people that you want to elevate to the next level, more senior roles, managers, et cetera. So understanding the development of your staff is so critical and letting go of a lot of the processes is so important to do earlier on in this whole journey because the sooner you realize that, the sooner you'll have less stress and you'll enjoy what you're doing more.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, you know, one of the stats I share all the time on this, this show is, you know, only 5% of, you know, companies, startups ever get to the million dollar mark. And I think a lot of it is, I believe it's not an idea issue, right? There's a lot of really good ideas and it really comes down to execution. And I think that the where founders can get stuck and we kind of talked about it is getting beyond themselves, right? Either I'm too paranoid to bring somebody in. I don't know who to bring in and help me do it. You know, do I need to raise money to do this? You know, do I hire 12 salespeople? And, you know, I think there's a lot of uncertainty and they just get stuck and never move beyond get burned out and you know either go back into the corporate world or, or try something else so that's why I love sharing your stories and it's not perfect right you've learned as you, you went through the process and you know the one thing I want to follow up on is you know from a specialist standpoint I'm assuming you had you you identified pretty quickly and kudos to you where your strengths were and, and where you needed the team to to step up did you intentionally go after specialists in different areas or Or were you looking at those unicorn type employees that can do everything? Um, Well,
1: yeah, early on, it it had to be unicorn type of people because your funds are, you know, I I actually never raised any money. It was all self funded through sales, right? Um, So for me, it was all about cash flow, positive, and profitability. As a small business owner, that's how I learned to grow as a business. And I'll continue doing that because this is. My, my little baby, right, in terms right. of business. And I'm very passionate about sharing this journey, but also helping people uncover, like, you don't need funding to be successful, right? If you have that desire and willpower to be doing what you love doing, you should be selling it yourself. You should be the biggest advocate of your business. If you can't portray that and let other people know that you, you, you can help them with that product or service, then I don't think anyone can do it better than you can.
0: True. Right. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I'm actually a a big believer, you know, in the the bootstrap and self finance, just because there's way too many cases of folks that get that funding and they don't know what to do with it. And they just waste it or overspend it or burn through it. And, You know, I think maybe now you're getting to a point where, if you really wanted to expand your business, you you're at a place where it makes sense to bring in you know additional capital too. But yeah, it's such good advice to, you know, don't look for the money too quick if you don't know what to do with it, right?
1: And and honestly, it's all depends on your journey, right? So what's your end goal? Do you really want to raise and have more stress and have more pressure from VC funded and private equity firms like all these things might not be what you want to do in the end of the day if it's slow and steady and at least you have a a good lifestyle in place and your time is valuable to do other things like raising a family and doing your hobbies and extracurriculars like that's what is, is so important if it's your own baby, right? right? Versus trying to grow it to a level where all they care about is 10x or 20x, right? To sell it off. Where you as, you know, your own business, you can start growing at whatever pace you want at 10, 20% a year. That's fine, right? right. Or even saying that it's, it's okay because you're profitable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it you made a great point that, you know, have a plan. There is no wrong plan, right? But what is your goal for the company? And it could be, hey, I want a lifestyle business that, you know, the four hour work week, which is a stretch, but I very aspirational. And there's a lot of people that are that are doing that, but there's also folks that do want to build a business and hire additional folks and, you know, support the community and you know, so I think that's such good advice to have a plan. And the, you're right, there is a whole different level of stress and accountability that comes once you take somebody else's money to, exactly. to grow the business. So fantastic. That I want to go back to you had mentioned that you were pretty intentional about the business model. And, you know, I'm fascinated by business models. And, you know, I'm a bi- obviously a big fan of the reoccurring revenue. So I know you signed your first customer to a six month contract. So, when you were thinking about kind of the go to market and the model, were you thinking, hey, how do I build this with reoccurring revenue up front? Or is that something you pivoted to as you started getting more clients?
1: I started uh, doing that right at the onset because I, I saw Yellow Pages as a recurring monthly model. And that's how I knew it was the only model that I knew that would be sustainable for us to grow and retain all the staff members, right? Because it's projected income, right? So you know, on a monthly basis, it's gonna come in and you you have enough to support your costs, right? So yeah, I really based everything from Yellow Pages. I knew their business structure from the sales standpoint, from management to operations, to production, to fulfillment, like that whole, I I think what I learned a lot from Yellow Pages was, was really how to run a good business. right?
0: Right. And I
1: brought it into my own business. And that's what I took out of it the most, even though I I didn't meet with a lot, like thousands of business owners over my years. um, I learned a lot from just asking questions and storytelling and learning um, how they became so successful because I was very admired by like, I was very interested in learning other people's journeys on how they became who they were and been doing it for 20, 30 years. Uh, you know, with this huge pot of land, having so many employees, you know, all these things, right? Sure. Like I was very curious at that time. Um, so ne- then I was like, I just want to be like one of them versus I don't need to grow a company to 20, 30 million or a hundred million. I just want to be, and most of them were happy with a couple million dollars on a annual revenue basis sales. But, it was more of a lifestyle business, right? And you know, they had a good family, they had bricks, you know, the brick and mortar shop and they had a good lifestyle.
0: And they just really needed some help getting new customers because the landscape had changed of how people were buying or at least discovering new products and you filled that that gap. And I think it's another great example of you know, everybody thinks you have to be a SaaS company to have the reoccurring revenue model or a subscription model, and you really don't, right? As long as you can figure out what service you're providing, whether it's digital or yeah, consulting, gets a little bit more difficult. But I think there's ways to do that as well. So, you know, good lesson or advice if you can figure out in your business model how to make it reoccurring. It takes a lot of, I don't want to say stress out, but it's more predictable. You can understand, you know, it's still growth is still an equation, right? So you know how much revenue you have coming in, you know, the folks that you need and where you're going to need them to kind of support that growth.
1: Yeah, and what I found early was, you know, it's hard to acquire a new customer, so much easier to retain them, right? So what you need to do is harvest that retention and harvest that relationship once they're on board. So, and the recurring also helps, of course, but you also have to add value. Like, what are you doing? Like, is it a maintenance? package that you're offering like what is it why are they paying that extra monthly um or do you spread it across instead of paying them for that one lump sum at the beginning you know spread it out for chunks right um and then what happens after that end contract like what can you also add because bringing that new customer every year or every time that they need something it's very stressful Right, Right? because you don't know what your next paycheck is going to be like, looking like, how you're going to retain that new, you know, pay pay your staff or pay for that new truck or whatever it may be. Like you just don't know, right? So, having that recurring is so important in any kind of business.
0: Yeah, Um, and it doesn't have
1: to be SaaS for sure.
0: True, And, and I love what you said there too. And I don't think enough startups, especially, think about. Uh, the retention versus new business. And it tends to be an afterthought, right? I got to get a sales and marketing people get new business in. Oh, uh, we'll just handle, you know, there are customers now we won't pay as much attention. And, you know, I've been using a saying late you know, treat your customers like prospects and your prospects like customers. And, you know, the more you can retain the, the less you have to bring in on the front end of the, the funnel. So is there something specific that you've built into your retention model do you have a team that you're looking at is there certain metrics that you know you do post or onboarding or anything post sale i guess is i'm just curious how you uh, you approach that
1: yeah it's multiple touch points uh because of our industry in search engine optimization there's so many signals it's always google's always updating their algorithm we're always tweaking things, there's a lot of software, there's a lot of things going on. So for us, it's very um, easy for us to uh, do that recurring because people understand that it's always a revolving door. There's competition all the time and Google is always trying to better themselves by offering up a, and serve up the best results for customer. So. But what we found is, again, even though you're writing a blog every month or you're doing social posts or you're getting links, customers all they care about is return on investment. Am I generating more revenue from spending money with you than if I were to not spend money with you or spend money somewhere else, right? What is that return? And if they're happy with that return because the quality of leads that you're getting or the lifetime value of the customer is way better than any other form of medium, then you have something going for you, right? So you need to figure out what medium you really want to focus on and attract those type of clients that are in that medium that, you know, for us it's search. And we find that, you know, like yellow pages, there was a huge amount of buyers intentful, ready to buy, so far down that buying cycle versus ads per se, where you're hopefully catching them at that given time and moment, and hopefully with an offer that you can, they cannot leave without, and they buy from you. But are they your ideal type of client? Right,
0: yeah if not then the traffic in the world doesn't matter I I've doing some research for this interview the one thing I saw you had a quote that be there when someone is looking right I mean sounds so simple but so many companies just don't do that they they try to force the buy or you know where SEO comes in if somebody's looking for something you want to be top of mind when they're there looking for
1: it yeah it's very true like visibility is important but even when you're there how having a website that actually has a journey within that website is important, right? Like right. some call to action, some testimonials, some video, you know, things that actually, when you're looking for a product or service, you want to be swayed to use them, right? So always take a step back and be that user of your own product, and figure out what would I look at? Or what would I want from my own business, right? And then have surveys or if you have clients that have used your product, figure out why they chose you over others.
0: No, it makes sense. And so often we still lead with features and benefits, right? (laughs) Here's what we do. No, well, it might be better if you talk about the problems you solve for the, the businesses. And, you know, I know how hard that, that SMB and the mom and pop to sell into is. So kudos, obviously you're showing the return and, Maybe just to tie off, I know we're starting to run short on time, but I'd love to hear about, you know, what you're doing to demonstrate that ROI back to your your install base, right? Is it a, a monthly quick meeting? Because I know these business owners don't have a ton of time. So what's what have you found to be the the best approach with you know connecting with current customers?
1: Yeah, again, I I think it all boils down to set your expectations early on, and don't overwhelm them, right? Because they're using you as the expert, and all they they care about is produce what you say you're going to produce, and don't bother me, right? right? So, so as a business owner, I get it, right? Like if I'm going to pay someone to do something, I just want to get it done and not have to question what they're doing, right? So, if you look at in that standpoint, because a lot of SEO agencies overwhelm the other party with all this impressions, click through, uh, graphs, analytics, call tracking, and all this. And then there's more questions that's going to be posed every time you send a monthly report, right? What I actually do is just I'm more on a subtle level, and this is why I learned at Yellow Pages, it's all about relationships, right? So go for coffee, go for lunch, have a quick call, see how they're doing with their family getting to know them more on a personal level versus a business level, even though at, in the call you're gonna ask them how is business this month or how has been, things been going this summer, spring, you'll get a better indication if they're happy with your service or not, right? Yeah, Without asking it, you'll know, even though we do have monthly reports and all that, they don't even read that stuff. If they had a question, they will call me, right? right. Or, you know, So that type of relationship I found to be better than any other form of like, here, I'm going to, you know, pay for this great, huge, nice document with nice graphs. And only 10% of people click through and read it. And 1% actually understand what it really means.
0: Right. They just want to know you're there for them. You're doing your job and they're getting the results that they they hired you to do. And again, I think this is an underappreciated, you know, Point that you just made about the relationships, spend time. I mean, I think people are starting to figure it out now during this, you know, pandemic when a lot of people have some different levels of, you know, free time and what they're choosing to do with it. And my hope is, you know, there's a couple silver linings that come out of it. Is more focused on, you know, the digital aspect and relationships with with folks versus just, you know, brute selling. Right. I think those days were almost done, and this may actually. You know finish that that point off so awesome well before i get to my final question john what is uh what's next for you and and the company
1: i actually am very passionate with what i'm doing so just spreading the love and message that search engine optimization is a great platform for business owners right um if you're scared or worried there's a lot of information out there that you can educate yourself or asking the right type of questions with people that actually know what they're talking about. So don't be sold. There's a lot of guarantees. There's a lot of false information, right? Like people will sell you for price or, you know, guarantees, but you have to look through that and really look at what it really can do for you. Not just first page ranking. It's more about, how can it really help you as a business owner? So um, my thought is, you know, educate more, let people know, like SEO is a great foundational digital platform and a website where you will get more visible. And if you can get more visible, you'll then harness a lot more inbound quality leads. That is the foundation of every business.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. And that's such good advice and I'm gonna steal it. I'll give you credit though, but don't be sold. I mean, that's such good advice. Um, and, you know, one of the other, on the flip side, what I try to work with businesses, you know, think about it is from buyer enablement versus your sales process, right? So are you making it easier for buyers to find you with your content and are you answering the right questions? So, you know, I love that. Don't be sold. So final question, you know, that I ask all my guests is what is one thing you, John, would recommend, highly recommend to anybody? It could be personal, business, whatever you're, you're passionate about.
1: I am a big believer of um, intent and um, just own it, right? So whatever you do, do the best you can. If you're there with your family, be present. Don't be checking your phone, checking social media, working. Be there for lunch, coffee, dinner, turn off your phone. Like just be there and present. The more intentful you have and the It's hard to explain, but during relationship building, right, during a business conversation, right, when you're in a sales meeting, I turn everything off. I'm focused on understanding that customer and asking the right question and really wanting to help them. And they'll see that in you versus being distracted with everything else. So in life, like with your kids, your family, whatever it may be, just be intentful.
0: Yeah, such really good advice. And I've actually gotten much better about that the last couple of years. <laughs> I yeah. wish I could have say I've done it my entire career. But it's, you know, it's amazing the number of folks that still don't do that. So, no. you know, I, I love it. I think that's, that's great advice. And in closing, John, if people want to learn more about you, what's the best way to reach you? And, and please don't forget your fantastic podcast either.
1: Definitely. Um, So my company, you can reach me at www.localseosearch.ca. We're based in Toronto, Canada, but we do service uh, clients throughout North America, the UK and Australia. Um, And we also, if you do want to reach out to me, me on a more personal level, you can find me on the team page of the website and you can LinkedIn me. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and we also have a podcast, and I know Brett mentioned that. Uh, we are, can be found on um, iTunes or Apple or Spotify, all these different mediums out there. It's called Local SEO Today. And on that podcast, we educate entrepreneurs on the entire process of uh, becoming a better business owner in general.
0: Yeah. And it's great. I mean, you're almost 160 episodes into this. So a lot of really good value there. So highly encourage everybody to go check that out. And I will link to everything in the show notes. So you don't have to remember everything. But if, if not, yeah, please do check it out. And John, thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate it. I learned a lot, which hopefully and I'm sure, you know, most of our audience did as well. And, you know, continued success with your
1: journey. Thank you so much, Brett, for having me. I had a lot of fun.
0: Awesome. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, John.
1: You've been listening to B2B Founders Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit brettrainer.com. That's B-R-E-T-T followed by his last name, T-R-A-I-N-O-R.com. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time.